is brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store, the official provider of barbecue supplies to listeners of Pitmaster. It's June, which means the month that summer starts, Father's Day, and getting ready for July 4th. That means getting all of your grilling and barbecue supplies in order. From smokers and fuel to rubs and sauces, the Kansas City Barbecue Store has everything and anything you could want. And get this, as a listener of the OVS Pitmaster podcast, you can get 10% off of your order this summer by using the code PITPOD, P-I-T-P-O-D, for online orders at www.thekansascitybarbecuestore.com. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. So visit the thekansascitybarbecuestore.com today for all of your barbecue needs. Welcome to another episode of Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. And this week we have somebody that is very special to me and very Aww. near and dear to my heart. She's recently been named as a 2022 inductee into the barbecue hall of fame. But to me, she's done way more for the sport than that. And, uh, I'd like to introduce all of you to Leanne Whippen. Leanne, how are you? I am fantastic, and that was such a sweet intro, and you mean the world to me, so it's a pleasure to be here. So I want to rewind a little bit into, I think it was the first time we really spent any time together. You had your restaurant in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I reached out to you through a mutual friend of ours, and you accommodated 40 independent grocers that I had in town for a meeting and then took them of a tour of the kitchen. And it just absolutely blew me away. It was so cool. Yeah, it was a great kitchen. I had two Southern Pride 1000s in there and we were doing upscale barbecue. You know, I started this whole competition rib thing that took off. You know, we were doing Wagyu beef ribs. So doing the Chicago gig really um, was a big change for me uh, from the restaurants in Virginia. Sorry, my fire (laughs) alarm is they're checking, (laughs) testing. So bear with me. That'll keep your audience alert and awake. Uh, yeah. So it allowed me to step outside that traditional, um, you know, the, the pork chicken, uh, brisket thing and be able to do some other really cool things from brining, you know, Duroc thick cut pork chops and, uh, yeah. And so, um, yeah, it, it was fun to do chores and I was really big on being on the floor and doing table side pork shoulders for, you know, hundreds of dollars for the show and all that. So it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a great place, and it was in one of my favorite cities. Uh, mm-hmm. I absolutely adore Chicago, and this is the longest since I graduated college that it's been since I've been to Chicago. So I uh trying to find a reason to go. Yeah, but then let's. I miss it. Yeah, let's fast forward to mm-hmm. the incredible time that we had this year <laughs> doing the big <laughs> Big Twelve, Big Q, and freezing uh, Kansas City. That was a good time. It was a great time. I mean, we had the best of the best out there. You know, we had Brad and Tim, you know, Blues Hog. And uh, it was it was remarkable that we're out there in snow. And, you know, we have all of our pits out there. And, and you know, Prairie Fresh was out there and El Bandito Tequila. So it, it was a really nice event. It's a shame that the weather kind of put a damper on things. But nevertheless, you know, just being together was uh probably the best part of the whole thing. 
Absolutely. And we just, you and I kind of kept a heavy social calendar during that event. <laughs> we were busy. <laughs> we were busy. And it was like, okay, we need to get out of here. We don't belong in this place anymore. So, But that was a ton of fun. But what we really need to do is congratulate you on being an, being an inductee into this year's Hall of Fame class. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, it, it's yeah. After three years of being nominated, finally got in this year, and it is an extreme honor. Something that you know I've strived for. You know, it's been a goal for me my whole life, and um, and my whole life has really revolved around barbecue. I think I was recognized pretty much because I've touched all different areas of barbecue. You know, albeit competition circuit. Uh, TV, uh, restaurants, and now in radio. And also, uh, I enjoy being a champion for women in barbecue. And that's something that is really meaningful to me. It's, it seems like, you know, I may, I go out of my way to meet every uh, female pit master that I come across just because I think, you know, it's a because they're dom- females. Well, okay, that's fair. No, I hear you. <laughs> but I mean, it is a male-dominated, a white male-dominated sport. And when you see, uh, especially if you see young women out there participating, I think it's fantastic. And you are always one of the names that they bring up as an inspiration. So, oh, that's thank pretty you. cool. Um, yeah. yeah, I've been doing it a long time. Um, actually, you know, went to the Royal and won first place in pork. Um, the first year out of the gate. And that was in 1996. And, you know, there was kind of a lull with female pit masters. You know, you had Melissa Cookston and Diva. And, you know, it was just a handful and it stayed very stagnant for a long period of time. time. And I'm finding that in the past five years, there's been a huge influx of female pit masters and really kicking some butt. And it's really awesome to see. And and I, I'm really liking that. And I think it's just going to continue to grow. I hope so. It's it, it's great seeing people from different parts of life and different you know different parts of the world coming out and cooking and you know I and you being someone that got into this oh gosh how many years ago now this has been pretty much your whole life six years yeah it's been a long time <laughs> twenty six years I mean you've really you've seen it all and done it all and one of the questions that I always ask somebody is how have your experiences outside of barbecue prepared you for success in competition barbecue. Well, your whole life has been barbecue pretty well much. before barbecue. I was actually in the hotel food and beverage side, um, for 15 years. So I had a food oh, okay. and beverage background, which, you know, assisted in the business side of things when it came to restaurants, it wasn't like, Oh, I like barbecue. Let's open up a joint. Uh, no, I knew the business to bite the bullet, quit my hotel job and buy, you know, a 24 foot trailer with a jet master on it, which I still have to this day and use it. Um, but it's, it, it's amazing where barbecue has, has led my life and really how it's evolved. It's, it's, it's grown into being just so massive in so many respects. Absolutely. But so, yeah, so you had food and beverage and that definitely had to play a huge part in terms of, you know, opening restaurants and stuff. In terms of competition barbecue, what has been the most surprising thing to come out of that for you? What I mean, meaning what has participating in this hobby done for you that you didn't expect when you first started? 
Well, it's led to, you know, it's kind of gone in all different directions. It's really the basic, you know, growth of barbecue um, and how it's expanded. So now I'm the co-host of Barbecue Nation Radio. So it's even gone into radio shows now where you don't even necessarily need to see the barbecue. It's talking about it, just like what you do on your podcast. And people people just love to talk about barbecue, it seems like. And, and I do, too. So you, you've got the radio angle and, you know, it's it's led to obvious uh, TV shows for myself, which has helped my business a lot. And it, it it's helped with, you know, getting women more involved, I think. So um, a lot of that stems from the competition, I think, side of it. Absolutely. I would agree 100 percent. It it just gives you another leg to stand on, really. Sure. Not that you need any more, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh, one of the things that struck me about watching you cook at Big 12 was that you have a lot of confidence in what you're doing and in your process. Where does that confidence come from? I think it comes from just years of experience. Um, I'm comfortable cooking barbecue, so I, I don't feel stressed out. If anything, it takes stress away from me. And I don't know if it's necessarily confidence. It's just that I enjoy what I do. And um, I mean, I'll have failures on the grill now and again, but it's I just go along with it and, and um, it just seems to flow for me. You do seem very, very comfortable. When you're around the pit, it's pretty cool to watch. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned a key thing that I love to ask, and that's failures. You know, we love to get on these shows and talk about how great everybody is and everything that everybody's won, and that's great and everything. But I like to talk about failures. Mm-hmm. Do you have a particular favorite failure of yours at a competition where you really screwed something up, but it, it taught you something moving forward that led to success later on? Yes. And I will never forget it. (laughs) (laughs) So gosh, this was probably 15 years ago. I was working with Smithfield. I lived in Virginia at the time. So I helped them organize a KCBS event uh, in Virginia beach. And along with helping with the organization, I actually competed. So I, I wanted to do really well. And, um, so anyway, we turn in all the categories and, you know, Carolyn Wells of, you know, the Kansas City Barbecue Society. She was the rep for it. And she's walking towards my trailer with her head down. And I'm like, what's wrong, Carolyn? She goes, hey, uh, did you cut your ribs? I went, I'm like, yeah, of course I cut my ribs. She goes, like, completely cut your ribs? I, I said, well, yeah, I thought so. And she goes, no, you didn't. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, you just got DQ'd. And I said, what? And, you know, I always want to turn in the best possible product. I like to get eight ribs in the box, but if I don't have eight stellar ribs, I'm going to go six. And evidently I turned in six and one of them I didn't cut through all the way. So they stayed together, which technically is not six individual, you know, portions for the judges. And I got DQ'd and I will never, ever make that mistake again. When I cut through ribs, I move them off to the side to make sure they're 100% separated. So that's my biggest failure for sure. (laughs) (laughs) it's it happened to me one time i didn't get dq'd but as i was putting them in the box i found one that was attached and i was just like holy shit close one (laughs) right you know and then so now i do the same thing i move them all separately yep yep and touch each one yeah (laughs) yeah that that way i know that they're all good 
Yeah, that's the only time I've been DQ'd. I really haven't had any other complete disasters. I mean, I've seen disasters where people put, you know, their food in the box upside down, the numbers on the wrong side. So technically when the boxes hit the table, they have to flip the box over. So the garnish is on top of your food. You know, I've heard that horror story and foreign objects being found. And I heard the other day that somebody had a plastic glove and somebody had a paper towel, you know, how you keep your garnish kind of cool with a wet paper towel. It got stuck to the lid. And when they closed the lid and it hit the table, it was on top of the food. So, yeah, yeah, I haven't had to, you know, just the rib thing was my worst. (laughs) Yeah, that one's, that's a tough one, especially if it's Carolyn walking to your trailer. Yep, yep, (laughs) she felt bad. So when you're at a competition and you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or you, you feel like things aren't going smoothly, how do you get yourself back into that? into that zone, into that place? Well, um, I have a song that I play that gets me kind of back in the game. Um, <laughs> it's Eminem, Lose Yourself. You know, you got one shot and that. Yeah. I always play. That's my pre-comp song. A lot of people know that. Some people don't. Uh, but that song just gets me fired up. And um, so I'll just play a little line of that. But you know, that's the part of being, I think, a really good pit master is to overcome the obstacles, whether it be, you know, the the weather, the wind, you know, whatever it is, that's, that's the part that really challenges you, because it's not going to be a perfect cook every time. Um, also, I'm I'm a big person with safety. And what I mean by that is safety in numbers. So I'm always going to do at least two briskets. So I have a backup one, you know, I'm going to do 16 pieces of chicken. I'm going to do, you know, four to probably six racks of ribs. Whereas, you know, years ago I would do like 16 racks of ribs and I would lose focus. So I learned to cut that down. But when I have the safety net, it takes some of the pressure off, but nevertheless, you're going to have things that are going to happen. You know, sometimes I'll turn in a box and say, I like to sprinkle with a little, you know, of Malden salt sometimes on my pork and I'll have the salt sitting right next to the box. So I don't forget it. And I, and I'll miss it. And I'll look down yeah. at the table after I send in the box and say, Oh my God. And there's nothing you can do at that point, you know? So, um, yeah. So I, I just, um, you know, a lot of deep breaths. I'm very good about having lists and organization. I, so if I lose my focus, I can refer to my list, you know, and I know where I'm at on the list. So that helps me to get back into the zone and where I'm at. That's cool. And that's good advice too. I've, I'm pretty much helter skelter with everything in my life, except barbecue like mm-hmm. that. I have lists and I have, you know, I can always know I can fall back on that and look at it and get myself mm-hmm. where I need to be. This podcast is brought to you by barbecuedata.com. BarbecueData.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data. Historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to BarbecueData.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, PITPOD. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on barbecuedata.com. Switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about people. Mm-hmm. Who has impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? Well, obviously my father, you know, he got me into it 
you know, 26 years ago, always doing it in the backyard. Um, so he of course would be number one. Um, I, I highly regard Myron Mixon. I think that he has taken, um, kind of where we, where we were, all of us, you know, we kind of had a clan then and, and, um, kind of elevated, um, barbecue and brought it into television and, you know, really showed people what competition barbecue is like without having to compete. And, you know, he's not only, you know, expanded his empire, you know, through sauces and restaurants, just his whole persona. So I look up to him greatly. And Chris Lilly, Chris Lilly would be another one I look up to. Um, huge admiration for him as well for a lot of the same reasons. Yeah, they're both great dudes. I enjoy spending any time that I can with them. It's just always and Tuffy Stone. I remember Tuffy and I. We used to compete in Virginia because we were both there. And I remember when he first got into it. And I remember the first comp we were against each other, and that was before he was really hitting it hard. And it was it's really inter- interesting to see he really grew at a fast pace. Um, I mean, he made a name for his, himself relatively quick and quickly. And um, I admire him as well. Yeah. He's obviously being from Virginia myself, you know, it's, it's great to be friends with both of you. And, you know, he's just, mm-hmm. he's just such a wealth of information that. Yes, yeah. Anytime I talk to him, it is. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to also give kudos to Melissa Cookston, even though I didn't run the MIM circuit very often, you know, what she did for women in barbecue and to be able to win the world's there and, you know, predominantly in whole hog. I mean, that that makes a huge statement. And she also has grown her empire, you know, with everything, you know, her restaurants, et cetera. So um, and I definitely look up to her. <laughs> She's also a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. she's uh i remember the first time we were next to her she was doing a bunch of stuff for smithfield and she kept sneaking around the back of our trailer and smoking cigarettes she's like uh, yeah she's like i need to hide back here or mom's gonna see you know <laughs> well it was interesting because um I, I judged the finals at memphis in may and uh melissa i don't she wasn't in the finals that year but i actually have been to her house went there with uh dave raymond of sweet baby rays and we went to her house and, and she cooked a whole hog and she did this spiel that she does, you know, at Memphis in May. And she was like on autopilot. It was amazing. It's like push a button and she just was like on it. And I really respected that too. So that was a great experience. Yeah, she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So when you have a barbecue issue, who do you reach out to to help you solve it? My second self. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, usually I'm by myself, but my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, Brittany, like I just competed with her in Florida. If I ever question, well, you know, of course they're going to taste or whatever. So they're going to help me. And I'll say, does this look good for presentation? If I kind of alter it or do something last minute, cause I will do that sometimes, which I shouldn't. Um, she keeps me well grounded. She understands uh, my game face and how I'm not really a nice person during turn-ins. And so <laughs> she, she will um, keep me grounded. So my, my, and my youngest daughter does the same thing as well. So I, I really look to them to keep me grounded and focused and calm, I guess would be the word. Wow. There's three of you. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's the wood chicks. We were the wood chicks. 
this is one of my favorite questions because you don't strike me as a superstitious person very much. But do you have any habits or rituals or routines that you've established for yourself that you have to do at competitions? Well, I am superstitious, actually. So I have this thing with good luck pennies or pennies that I find. If they're heads up, I'll pick it up, tails down, no. And then I put it in my sock, carry it around the whole day for good luck. And then at the end of the day, I throw them in the bottom of my laundry basket. So every time I'm done with laundry, I see all my good luck pennies. But I am superstitious with pennies. Wow. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I found one when we were doing the Illinois 300 in the car on the way because we were competing in tacos and ribs and I found a good luck penny and, and I very superstitious. And then, um, I, I didn't win that. So now I don't know if I'm superstitious anymore. <laughs> if the good luck penny thing works. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was heavily yeah. detailed. Do you have any other superstitions or rituals you got to do? Uh, no, I, I, I don't like when a comp lands on the 13th, Friday the 13th. Um, yeah, that's just, it creeps me out, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, other than that, no, not really. Huh. That penny. How thing about is, you? Do I? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've got, do you like bless your apple juice and <laughs> no, I don't do any of that. And a lot of the shit that I do, I've picked up from this podcast, you know, really? like, you know, like Saturday morning or Friday morning, I have to sharpen all my knives on a hone and I have to make 21 swipes with each knife. Oh. Um, got that from Bobby Stanfield with BS Barbecue Outlaws because he was very detailed about it and I oh. caught myself doing it and I'm like, ah, oh, man, now you're incorporating other people's shit into your right. shit. Right. Um, I have to wear my red, white, and blue blues hog wristbands. I don't put okay. those on. That's a problem. Um, I have a red flag that you see on the back of, you know, like over length vehicles on the highway. You know, how they put those red right. flags on them. Uh -huh. I picked one up in a ditch once when the lid of my smoker flew off and I had to walk wow. back in the rain and get it. And I've had that flag with me at every competition since. Well, I had Pinky the pig and that was a stuffed pink pig and we had a little rubber band around it and we'd had dollar bills stuck in it and we used to hang Pinky and that was from a Virginia, Louisa, Virginia is where um, oh, I got God. that. And then there was a little girl there and she was wearing all pink. And so I hadn't named the pig and so I named it Pinky after her. And um, I don't know where that pig is now. That's probably maybe my problem, but I, I do also wear my, my pig earrings, my pig necklace to every single cop with no fail. I mean, I have to wear those items and yep. I know you aren't going to do that. <laughs> so you aren't going to copy me on that one. <laughs> I no, I'm not going to do that, but I do have three specific. Well, now I'm up to four, four specific pairs of underwear that I will wear at a contest, <laughs> uh, in, I won a few weeks ago in Aiden, North Carolina, and that was a new pair. So now I'm up to four. Wow. Um, yeah. And those four, it's really hard to incorporate a new pair. Mm -hmm. um, I only wear me undies because they're just amazing soft underwear and there's no problems down there when it's really hot. <laughs> and I now have over a hundred pairs and they're actually in stacks. Like there's a competition stack. There's, everyday wear you have them separated wow good for you there's holidays like specifically like i have a whole week of christmas underwear um very nice it's not it's a terrible <laughs> terrible problem um but i could talk about superstitions all day because i just have yeah yeah there's a lot of people that have them i have to listen to the same we have 
playlist for each meet. So it's oh. the same five songs for each turn and for each meet. To change that takes like an act of Congress. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's just all kinds of, I could spend an hour talking about that. <laughs> it's awesome. We're saving that for the hundredth episode of the podcast. Yeah. There so. you go. Uh huh. <laughs> all right. So yeah. Okay. Penny thing. Now I, mm-hmm. now I have to think about that whenever I see it. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned the Eminem song. Is there any other music that you got to listen to when you're cooking? No, that's it. That's the only one that's like my pregame, my, you know, pre-comp song. And uh, I do not, I don't really pay attention to that much music when I'm doing my thing. I love music, but a lot of the people around me are playing loud music. So I'm not going to get into that fight. No, I, I'm not. It doesn't really matter to me. I like some country. Yeah, I uh, I don't like getting into those fights either. But if somebody's blaring like sad country. Yeah, I I can't take it. It's yeah. then then I will get into a speaker war. Yeah, with a, as much gangster rap as I can put out there. Love it. So. <laughs> Love it. So okay, a couple more of these. Then I got some other questions that aren't on the list that I want to ask you. When you're planning for a competition, is your week the same? Like, do you do the same thing? Well, I guess when's the last time you cooked a KCBS contest? And Jan- and it was wait the end of January or was oh, it the okay. end of February this year? Yeah, I thought so that you had right. So does mm-hmm. your planning and prep is it the same for every competition? Do you try and make it the same? This one was different because I hadn't competed in Florida, so I didn't uh, have the same sources of my proteins. So I had to do my homework there, um, and I was running all over the place. You know, I was getting you know a Wagyu brisket here, you know, CIB here, you know, whatever. And, um, I did do, since I hadn't competed in a while, I did a couple practice runs two weeks prior, but I have a checklist once again, um, you know, for my comp, so I don't forget anything. And it's just nailing down my source for the proteins and trying to get it as close to when I'm leaving as possible. So it's as fresh as possible. Although I like to age the brisket a little bit, but, um, it's it's pretty much the same and it does take me a full week, you know, and now since things have changed um, for prep time, you know, I always used to cut ev- trim everything on site and finally start looking outside the box and trimming chicken ahead of time. So, of course, that's going to happen ahead of time. I mean, even brisket. Um, so that's changed for me. But other than that, I follow the same checklist and. um you know, just try to source the best proteins. Um, you know, as far as sauces and rubs, I will do like chicken. When I did the test two weeks prior, I did try a couple new things just mm-hmm. for the heck of it. Um, and to see if I can up my game a little bit, because when you're outside of competition for a while, uh, things change and you need to stay up with the times, I guess. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had to work on that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Trimming on site. That's uh, mm, everything. I, I try and avoid that at all costs. I'd like to show up trimmed and that way I can dedicate myself to fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Let's transition here now to my favorite topic, which is gear and mm-hmm. stuff. What's one of the best investments that you've ever made in competition barbecue? Well, Thermopen. I mean, that's a, that's mandatory. I really, 
you know, I know there's a lot of gloves out there, but I really favor these like black neoprene gloves. Um, and they aren't the style that I used over the years. They're not easy to come by. So I, I favor that. Um, and of course, Yeti coolers are, you know, top of my list to have those now. It really helps out. And what else? Mm, I guess that's about it that I can think of right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, also, another thing I always like to have is a very good grease separator. Oh, that's that's a, huge. Yeah, I like that. Um, what else? What else? Good knives. Have to have good knives. Nothing okay. worse than, yeah, yeah, really good knives. And uh, I also use the Cousinart electric knife sometimes when I run into trouble. Um, and and that's a good standby for me. So I like that too. This made me sad. Why? You got rid of yours? No, I've never used one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it, sometimes I use it, sometimes I don't, but I just always bring Gosh. it with me. And, um, I have this weird Pyrex glass dish and I want to say it's a nine by nine glass dish. And that's to help me if I get into trouble on brisket, you know, I'll, I'll heat up, um, you know, my stock or whatever in that. And it perfectly holds my slices of meat without, and I fill it just enough. So it doesn't go to the very tippy top of the meat and take your rub off. And it's, it's just my little glass dish. I like to have with me all the time for emergencies. That's a good one. That's mm-hmm. I always try and keep one of those stupid little foil pans for that same thing. No, this and glass one is is nice. Yeah, that makes sense. And mm-hmm. another good tip there that she probably didn't intend to give you, like don't wash off the top of your brisket. <laughs> when you I dunk did, it in. <laughs> oh God, I did that. Oh, shit spray early. bottles. I love spray bottles. So yeah. always have to have spray bottles. I did that shit earlier this year. I put it in the pan and then just dumped the jus over top. And I'm like, yeah, no, what are, are you 12? What is, like, what are you, you doing? should know better than that. Yeah. <laughs> right. What, why did yeah. you just do what you did? That's <laughs> so dumb. Uh, do you use a lot of technology when you're cooking? Like gurus no. or anything like no. that? No, um, I have used gurus before, even on TV. I think you'll see, I had a guru on an egg in Dover, Delaware. Um, now I, I use WSMs. I usually bring a WSM, an egg. Um, well, now obviously pit boss, I, my Jambo pit, my Jedmasters. So I've got all kinds of cookers going, none with any technology except the thermometers that are on there. But I have um, put on my Jedmaster gurus because it can be very temperamental. If I know I'm going into like very damp weather it's it's kind of finicky and so i'll use it on that but other than that no i i just like old school cooking so not really so you're more of a field cook i am absolutely uh i i've i have transitioned from being a gadget person and everything to a field cook and one of the things that i find (laughs) is like when your gut's telling you to do something like, mm-hmm. how do you process making that call if it's contradictory to what you've always done or if it doesn't feel like it's the right time, but you can, you just feel that it is the right time. Like, yeah, how do you it's, process that stuff? Yeah, it, it's hard, as you know. Um, 
and you'll make mistakes just like you did with the Aju. You know darn well not to do that. But yet in the heat of the moment, you just do it. And um, it, it's just so stressful and crazy for those moments, that 10 minute window that you tend to sometimes stray and do things that you normally wouldn't do. Uh, like sometimes like ribs, for example, rather than stack them, you know, four and four, I'll, all of a sudden turn them on an angle. And f- for what reason? Why did I do that? I don't know. And I'll just say it looks better. <laughs> it looks better on the garnish that way. You know, it's like, no, don't do that. And you just do things. It's it's weird. It's you're right. It's a gut feeling. And then um, most of the time it doesn't work for me. It's usually a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a delicate balance, though, because. And this is what, you know, from doing this podcast and talking to a bunch of people, it's really taught me to just because you've done something the whole time, if you eat your food and it doesn't require something that you've always done, you really do have to edit yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think I'm getting better at that, but yeah, that's every part of piece that. of meat's different. You know that you yeah. can, you know, say, okay, this is my method. This is my rub. This is my injection. Da, 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 da. Every meat reacts differently and you have to be a good, good little pit master and, you know, adapt and change to make it the best it can be. Well, this has been so much fun. It has. But now I've got the rapid fire questions. Okay. I'm good. You are? You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. I think. All right. What do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? Uh, Copycats. (laughs) It's like all of a sudden something will come out and then everybody copies it and and posts it and acts like they're the ones that invented it. So that kind of is annoying. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's very um, I would say that's that's my big thing. Okay. Do you have any favorite pre, during, or post competition meals? Um, I always always eat eggs before comps. I need to have my protein, so I always have to have eggs. But other than that, no. And then at the end of comps, I like to eat Mexican food. <laughs> Man, everybody does. That's a very popular answer. Yeah, Mexican. Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? Food. <laughs> to cook for them. I mean, I, I know it sounds crazy. No. Um, my latest craze, though, I will tell you, uh, this happened this past Christmas, is um, I like these push-button electronic salt and pepper grinders. You can change, you know, with the grind on it. And that's like a good all around gift for everybody. And I also try to buy people Malden salt because they don't realize how, how good it is and how it's a great finishing salt. And I'll put it in one of those salt things that has a little slide top. That's a good little gift too. So those are my hot gifts right now. I love Malden salt. It's amazing Mm -hmm. as a finisher. Yeah. All right. Last one. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, Getting a message out to millions, what would it say and why? Be my BFF, which is barbecue friend forever. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Hey, that's not bad. That's not bad. Oh, there is one more question. Who's your favorite dance partner in the barbecue ranks when you're in a bar in Kansas City? That would absolutely be Mr. Luke Darnell because he is 
awesome on the floor. <laughs> I mean, the girls like turn into like an audience and just they all want to dance with you. <laughs> uh, Amazing. So that was a fun night. It was. Oh my god, I can't even remember that one guy's name we were hanging out with, but <laughs> that was ridiculous. Cool. Those, well, that's do you... the memories. The memories, yep. right? Absolutely. And that's what the number one thing about barbecue is: is the people. So, yep. Sure. All right. So, where can people find you online? And are there any partners that you'd like to highlight? Any sponsors? Um, well, of course, I'm a brand ambassador for Pit Boss Grills, and that's the official grill of NASCAR. And I've been with them a year, and I truly believe in their products. And um, I love that they're a family-owned and operated business, and they've just been wonderful to work with. Um, you know, what was the first part of the question? Sorry, short. Oh, where can memory. people find you online? Oh, oh, social media. Um, Leanne Whippin on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I do have a very small YouTube channel, Leanne, uh, within BBQ. And then I just started a website. So it's, it's basically just a landing page right now. And that would be Leanne Whippin BBQ as well. Yep. I was on there today. Yeah. It's just basic. I got to yeah. add to it. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I hope and I'll that... be and I'll be at the American Royal this year for the festivities for the induction of the Hall of Fame, which I am so fired up about. My, my family will be out there, so I can't wait to see everybody. And I am I, very blessed. I, I too am very excited about that, and uh, I'm going to make every attempt to be there. And of course, are I you going to cook so. the contest? I'm thinking about it. I'm on the. I'm. I'm. I'm in the talking stages right now. Okay. Actually, well, to team up with somebody that would be a fun little. I don't normally do that, but we're we're in a little chit chat right now, so oh, I figure I'm already out there, so why not? And he's gonna not? be out there, so why not? So anyway, we're we're in talking stages. I don't know if it'll actually happen or not, so we'll see. Well, if it doesn't, you know, you're always welcome in my trailer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, Leanne, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay, appreciate it. Enjoyed being on the show. And yes, congratulations you. to you on your upcoming uh, oh. show on uh, with uh, Michael Simon, right? In yes. August? Barbecue yes. USA. It'll be airing August 8th at 9 p.m. Uh, the show starts on July 11th, and uh, it's very exciting to be a part of that, and I can't wait to see it. It's also very nerve-wracking. Not yeah. knowing what's, <laughs> what course, they're going to show and the, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you never know how you're going to be portrayed. And, you know, you sign those contracts, leaving the door open to however they want to carve you out. But, you know, I worked with Michael Simon on the barbecue brawl and he's a riot. So I'm sure he had a blast with him. And he's, you know, obviously, you know, top chef and it, it should make for great entertainment. And I look forward to watching it. He's a. Uh people have asked me like what's he like i'm like he's just like a normal dude like he's he's a little elevated i'm gonna give him a notch up <laughs> he's not normal he's like high energy high laugh from like the morning until night i don't know yeah. where it comes from it's hard to take sometimes <laughs> his, his, yeah when he's in your trailer at 5 a.m and He's like coffee now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Got yeah. you covered, big guy. So, yeah. All righty. We'll see you. I hope I see you before the Royal, but if not, we'll definitely see you out there. Great. All right. Well, good luck on the barbecue trail, and I will yep. see you soon. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and to share it out with your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke TikTok as well. Old Virginia Smoke, one word. That's all you have to search for. It's hilarious. Tune in next week for another great episode of Pitmaster. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2022.